You're listening to Noise Extra. I'm Gray Holger, here with my co-host Tara Connolly. Hello. And Mike Connolly. Hello. We are venturing back to 1985 in a land called Sweden with Lille Roger's For Life. Now, are we going to say Roger because it's going to, I know that that's how it's pronounced in Swedish. From here on out, we're just calling him Little Roger. Little Roger then. Agreed. Yeah, so apologies to all Swedish listeners for our butchering of your language, but we are we are the butchers. <laughs> and the language butchers. Yes. But this being the pre Brighter Death Now project of Roger Carmonic, uh, who also founded, of course, Cold Meat Industry and prior to that uh, sound source. And this tape came out in 1985, and then in 2003, Borfed Records actually obtained like original covers and labels, and so did a sort of official uh, extended version of the edition from back then. Right? right it's not quite right. a reissue, but it's not like a it's not a it's not the same edition either. These are on white tapes, and I believe all the old ones were on black tapes. Um, yes. But original covers, original labels. And I like that. I think that's cool. And then this just got reissued in the excellent Undead box set, which we mentioned a couple episodes ago in recent listening, mm-hmm. uh, which is available as a six LP box or a five CD box. And I believe there's a seventh single LP you can get to add to your box as well, which is just all of this great, great material. Absolutely. But before we get into this album, Gray, what have you been listening to? Well, I got a, I got some some things here. Eric Lundy, aka Trait Inspirationals, uh, which was an older tape that got reissued on Industrial Recollections and is really strange, ambient industrial loop tape pieces. I, they're they're nasty and foggy and hazy. And then uh, sometime later came Candy Hole, just under the Eric Lundy name and uh, Eric of course being a member of Boy Dirt Car probably uh, best known for actually probably best known for his solo work at this point but uh, yeah this was new works from around 2010 and uh, also excellent a little bit higher five than the trait inspirationals stuff but uh, a big fan of Lundy's stuff and this is is very very cool right on uh, government alpha the maternity music Got the new CD reissue also from Industrial Recollections. And this is great government alpha stuff. I, I hadn't heard this. I think you guys have the, the tape of this one. We do the Mother Savage cassette and it is classic government alpha. Yeah, really just really good and uh, really wild cover of. Uh, I love the cover. You know, skeleton uh, wow, feed, feeding its baby. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, Muslim guys, gun Aramaic. I threw on the other day and was just zoning out to to some Muslim guys. I summer, it's a nice time to just put on some like easy atmosphere. And this is a uh, this is a favorite. I mean, both both of these discs are really cool. And then Mania, raw nerves and unseen eyes, which is. Uh, unreleased stuff from Keith Brewer, I think, uh, 2010 to 2014. Uh, this came out 2020. 
just man scrap metal abuse that's what mania did and really weird tones and this hits more some of the atmospheric end of things i love the way his feedback sounds it's one of those things i've always liked about mania it's it's different and and taint of course it's just different than everybody else's i feel like that that feedback he gets and uh last and certainly not least i got the uh milieu du monde double dvd set which is 12 films by Mark Hurtado of Atontonet. And it's, it's their music set to these, these movies he made for him. This is all stuff I think originally released on VHS uh, shot between 1976 and 2018 on eight millimeter film. And there's a 48 page book with poems and text in it. And his video work is awesome. They are like these multi-layered colorful extravaganzas. I guess it, uh, Reminds in a way of like Derek Jarman's in the shadow of the sun and uh, maybe like some of Kenneth Anger's work with just the really brilliant colors and and strange settings. And you'll recognize things from uh, album covers and other stuff they've used that were like taken from these video pieces he made. So it's been interconnected for that long and it just sounds awesome. You can just put this thing on and actually I wish you could put it on and let it play. There's no play all option. You got to choose each chapter, which mm-hmm. unless I missed it, but well, I, I don't was, see when it. When was this there. DVD made in the beginning of DVDs? <laughs> this DVD was made in 2019. <laughs> wow. Huh. Play but, all, man. Uh, yeah. It's also PAL. So if you don't have a, an all region player, uh, ah. maybe don't go seeking it out. I, I grabbed it from France. Uh, it's 252 minutes, according to the back of, wow of abstract video and uh, experimental sound and that rules. So a uh, welcome addition to the collection. And Connelly's, what have you been listening to? Well, oh, look, you know, I got to you know. say, we haven't been listening to much at all. It has been a wild week. Honestly, we have been working on some of our own stuff. So sometimes mm-hmm. when we're in that zone, we just sort of focus on that. Uh, it, you know, to kind of stay in that bubble of recording, you know, I fully uh, understand. Yeah. Not, yeah. All, not all the time. Sometimes, you know, sometimes we like to let things in, but recently we've just been in the bit in the bubble. Of, yeah. Sometimes you hear other stuff and you start to like, it creeps in your head or you forget. Yeah. You sort of yeah. like, wait, forget I- your own vibe. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I will say that, I know you just watched a movie we had watched recently, Trip with the Teacher. How good was that? I did. Uh, yeah, Trip with the Teacher was great. It's great. It's amazing. Such a really nasty little seventies, mm-hmm. a strange one too. I mean, it's it's got it all. It has like a a deceivingly sort of fun vibe in a way. It starts off like, fully fun. You're like, oh, right? it's like an easy rider kind of rip yeah. off yeah. sort of thing, and. Summer uh, adventure. Yeah. I mean, I, even early on, I'm like, is this going to go some like picnic at hanging rock vibe? What's going on here with this, like this trip, you know? Uh, and it, yeah, it doesn't really end well. It sure doesn't. And the dark clouds roll in. And then another film full of just pure hatred we watched recently is Andy Milligan's Seeds. <laughs> it is. It's only hatred. It's it is so, the probably one of the most hateful so movies. So mean spirited. Not one oh, sympathetic character. No. Not one character that speaks too much below just an, a scream for <laughs> the, like it's just yelling and hate. A hundred percent belligerence. Just, and I think it's yeah. really kind of fitting going along with uh, speaking about for life in a way. I think like, I think sure. you can get in a similar vibe. 
can get in a similar vibe. So, so yeah, a couple, couple of films, but yeah, honestly, our, I sad to say our recent listening is, is pretty much nil. So gray did the heavy lifting for us on that this week. The heavy listening, heavy, heavy listening, but I'm sure we'll be back with some, some killer stuff in the next app, but Hey, been listening to little Roger for life. That sums it up. Yeah, and end of the episode. Mm-hmm. So we will uh, see you guys. No. <laughs> say my friend Jeffrey sent me this tape to digitize and to and to hear, you know, 20 some years ago. And I, you could, this wasn't an easy thing to track down back then. So it's very exciting to, to even like borrow this for a short while uh, and make him a CD, CDR copy of it or something, you know, way mm-hmm. back then. And, it has been an absolute favorite since then. And then, you know, a few years later, those sort of re re edition of this thing came re edition. Yeah. 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 (laughs) And, uh, I managed to snag one then. I think you also grabbed the tape back then. Correct. And now if you don't have the tape, there's no need to fret because you can get the amazing box set, uh, uh, it's so cool to have all that stuff collected. I listened through the entire box set in one sitting because it's just so good and so fun to to kind of go through the different zones. And very obviously the predecessor of Brighter Death. Now, the instrumentation is sort of still here. There's a rhythm machine. There's an analog delay. There's a flanger. There's some EQ, which sounds like it might be fed back on itself. There's a lot of those sort of EQ sweep dive bomb things that make up the sound of this record. And uh, the ever-present bass guitar, right? Like... Yes, heavy on the bass guitar. And, you know, the other thing it reminds me of sort of from around. It reminds me of uh, Maria Zerfall a lot in a way that mm. that like bass and tape manipulation and these really obscured vocals. And I love the vocals and and the lyrics that when you can decipher them are strange and what you'd expect from Roger Carmonic, Right. <laughs> what it reminds me of the thing I wrote down probably multiple times. And again, it's sort of like a touchstone band that you could sort of say about many things, but there's stuff that very much recalls throbbing gristle and especially mm-hmm. the, especially very friendly, the the yes. song. Like I, like I multiple times I felt. I was waiting sp- for drinking German wine. Yeah. I felt very <laughs> specifically that track mm-hmm. and and, and hamburger it, lady, I mean, and like a kind of a lot oh, of the yeah. uh, the more yeah. like yeah, that that vibe from Throbbing Gristle. Yeah, and, and I mean, and in in interviews, you know, he has said obviously that huge influence, you know, for sure, especially mm-hmm. in the early days. So it's not a stretch that you're going to get some of that on there. But again, it's just that 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 bass and even the cadence of the vocals. Is this wrong? Especially was giving me those. Oh yeah, some of those early. I wrote v- TG VTG. There you go. See, we wrote, we have the same decision right there. We actually didn't, didn't uh, say that um, out loud. We were, no, yeah. no, independently thought. Is this wrong? The second track on the cassettes after fighting for freedom, which uh, the lyrics were originally a poem by Lena, and that's who it's credited to in the liner notes. But we can only assume it's Lena Baby Doll, aka uh, Deutsch Nepal. Now, were they like? I, I guess it's probably one of their earliest. You know, they must have just been together that long. You know, that working on stuff that long into the early eighties. Now, I don't. What's the earliest Deutsch Nepal stuff? Uh, 
Well, before Deutsch Nepal, uh, Lena was in a band called Nurmanen. And I believe See, I don't think I know that. Yeah, I believe that intersected with with Roger's early experimentations. I mean, talk about the, you know, 80s Swedish industrial scene. You know, there's there's nice liner notes in that box set also by Lars Larsen and by Christian Olsen of uh, Alpha Mania Survival Unit. And uh, Lars Larsen being from uh, and half cocked Foley, I believe, is some way that I can pronounce it that people might know what I I'm talking it. about. I, w- Wonderful. I loved it. I like thought it was music great. music to yeah. my ears. And yeah, the, the, is this wrong? I mean, it's got sort of all the things of little Roger in it, right? You've got the, the, actually the bass doesn't sound like it's being played. It sounds like it's being hit with something like smacking a, right. a string with a, a stick or something. And it's got the sort of tinny metallic rhythm. It's very propulsive and, and there's a constant sense of movement to sort of the rhythm under it. And there's uh, samples where there's a lot of tape, there's samples on half of these tracks or mm-hmm. weird tapes. And there's also, like I said, that, that EQ that sounds like, uh, like it's been fed back. I had like a 10 band EQ years ago that I just rewired the output to the input it was a stereo thing. And so you could get these really wild EQs, these really wild synth tones out of it. It's, you know, it's just going to start self oscillating if you put the gain up on it or boost up a certain frequency. And that's, that's what this a lot of these sort of more synth like tones on this sounds like to me. Yeah, I mean, is is there a dis- discernible synth that you can tell or is it do you think it's a lot of that? I think it's EQ and internal feedback and EQ, yeah. almost certainly, especially because of the way it starts high and comes down. It's maybe EQ'd out of the audio range and then it, it sweeps in and goes lower Uh or likewise on something with an actual gain level on the EQ, you can bring it down. And then when you burst certain frequencies, it's going to push through the threshold and start self oscillating and make those sounds. And that's very much a technique that I kind of associate with little Roger. And I, I, it's what I heard all throughout this by track two, you know what you're getting into. It's like industrial dead angst pop driven by nihilism. And perchance I enjoyed how much, Christian Olsen talked about the horniness of Lil Roger um, and yeah. that, the, the eroticism, the, the youthful uh, want for partnering. Well, again, I think, yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he's 20 at this time. Right. So yeah. it's, you know, some of us never got over that kind of stuff, but it, uh, you know, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but especially when we last referenced the box set in our recent listening, it was, uh, we were talking about the name a bit and a little Roger, like little Richard, the sort of right, sleazy, yeah. sexy kind of, you know what I mean? Just like that Love kind of it. pomp to the, the horniness is kind of what I think, like everything's a little tongue in cheek, but it's a morbid humor that's tied to it. Mm-hmm. And it's, that's evident throughout every piece of this is this sort of like, morbid curiosity laced with uh with a, with a dark sense of humor that's what it is yeah it's very um you know relatable in that way that it is um dark and perverted but not unable to feel joy yeah and i think that goes throughout his work there's always that there's always some of that humor in throughout even you know through brighter death now and stuff and so you know it's it's on display here even even you know, the my girl number two. I mean, that's where you can really hear some of those vocals, and it really gives that. You know, what what's the line? Oh, I raised my daughter to be my girl. She is my baby. She is my girl. She's yeah, my girl. so it's just this like obviously like dark, twisted sort of take on my girl. 
and these types of things. And then, mm-hmm. and that's the thing too. Tara even said, use the word, you know, pop, angst pop. But there is the way sometimes the vocals are done. There is a sort of pop sensibility to them, even though they're where they're coming, where they're being sung or whatever over. It counteracts, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. The next track is, is Thanks for the Memory, which has some really ragged tones and some sort of grunted vocal placements that aren't quite lyrics so with, a, with a repeating sample that says Thanks for the Memory. That one's actually produced kind of strange because the bass is in one channel and all of the kind of noisy hits are in another channel. And I like that with the sample running through the middle. It's a technique I think more people should embrace. But when we get to I, what I think is kind of the first pop song on the record is is My Hands Ain't Dirty. And the, those delayed hits and just the dead vocals. Yeah, right? the sort of like, two note oscillation and that that yeah, that very simple tinny, you know, metal beat rhythm that's going on and then the the vocals and this there's these weird little effects bits too, these weird like delayed things and atmospheres or like some kind of field recording tape in the background. The name of the song is My Hands Ain't Dirty and the lyrics are just look at my hands. They're not dirty. They're not dirty. The simplicity of all of it, but it's like, it's a groove. You can sing along with it in the way of like, you know, good power electronics and good pop music. It's got, it's catchy and you think about it and it can, it, it can earworm you that it just can. Little Roger can do that. And it's stuck right in there with the, the like evangelical preaching, which we assume is Jim Jones and having those like flat emotionless vocals next to just the utter chaos of the the preaching and the healing hands and 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 speaking of blood and fire um yeah it's it's a great effect yeah and and you know any time you can hear jim jones's voice or listen to any of those yeah. any of his dynamic and fiery or, I mean, sermons yeah and of course you know obviously the most famously the last what you know when he's instructing everyone to mm-hmm drink the flavor aid uh the you know it's it's pretty amazing when some some of that kind of stuff is so documented and but i also think it's cool to that it's you know use something not necessarily the most recognizable thing like that or Mm -hmm. the one where he's uh, going like screaming, uh, the one where he's fueled by speed. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, well, I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. AKA most of them, <laughs> right? As he was very fueled by speed, especially by the time they got down to Guyana. Yeah. No, that's an interesting point, Connolly, and I think that that's something that Little Roger does very well is sort of recontextualizing, either taking something that's not the known sample, the thing you've heard, but taking some other piece of that that's still related to it through this sort of morbid through line, right? Or taking something that's could sound totally innocent and making it sinister, just like My Girl Number Two, right? It can sound totally innocent, but then you've got this nasty industrial music and this just sort of wry smile you can almost hear it read with that makes it sound sinister. And that's sort of the special quality of this stuff and through brighter death now absolutely that makes it so special i think in the liner notes in the undead box the the ones by lars larson it discusses the origin of the name of the project so lars larson tells a charming tale about trying to write the description for an upcoming three-day-long swedish festival and he was trying to describe Roger's 
project Sweetest Nature, and he called it Little Roger and his grinding, monotonous hopelessness. And everybody loved it, and it stuck, and that is how Little Roger became known as Little Roger. (laughs) Well, and I think monotonous hopelessness is pretty much the perfect description for this Grinding and monotonous hopelessness. I did not say it in Swedish because I cannot say it in Swedish. Apologies. Monotonous hopelessness is also a great way to describe Tara's mood today as we had to deal (laughs) with the California DMV. And I don't know if anyone knows that. I mean, any DMV, it doesn't matter. But it only fills you with monotonous hopelessness. Yeah, trying to book an appointment at the DMV here, it's like you need to have an appointment to apply to. You can actually, you have to submit an application to book an appointment and fill out forms. At least now. Just to book an appointment. And I am just so glad that this episode is not based on my notes because they are... Absolutely oh, you know they got really venomous good. and dark. Yeah, but they got really good <laughs> because see, you have to understand that when Tara's in a bad mood, the whole it 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 it, it sets the tone in the room, <laughs> and oh, yeah. it's very it very, actually darkens all the lights in the room. Yeah, and in, uh, and, in yeah. Fa- and in fact, Tara was ho- was wanting to change the title of the track "Don't Want to Hurt You" to do want to hurt you (laughs) and you know i don't know if that was necessarily directed at me but i was the only one here so i could only feel that it was maybe directed at me see i do want to hurt you don't actually want to hurt you but at the time i wanted to hurt something mostly the dmv uh i i I wrote that um, i would have been a fine substitute i i wrote that um you know my insight it's all going through a really pitch black lens right now but i don't think it's entirely inappropriate for this album because truly like there is there is that lovely um you know not not like nihilist but you know kind of dark mean-spirited resentful flat bleak you know desensitized um by being ground down sort of vibe in this and uh i was really relating to it so See, I think it's actually, you know what? It was a good, it was a good thing to listen to. When we hit that lovely, like crashing noise on free at last, um, on, on the B side, the sixth track, I was just like, oh, this is nectar right now. It is, it was so violent. I wrote, it's like my mind, these crashing loops and violent sweeps. I really love it. And you know, they, they, it comes in with like a, you know, World War II era victory song and military stuff and then referencing the atomic bomb. And it was just like, yes, I just want to, I want the vision inside of my mind of just things being blown to smithereens. It was, it was a little cathartic. Wow. Tara, that was, I mean, you were, you were in a state. Free at last is great. And probably the (laughs) the craziest of the tracks, like the most chaotic uh, at the start. There's just like total sound collage conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh, Victory March kind of thing going on. And those really blurred kind of vocals. And there's just like, actually the most notable sort of mechanized loop in here that doesn't sound like yes. drum machine, but just this sort of grinding looping sound. So nice. And a lot of, it, it gets just dirtier and dirtier as the record goes on. Although if we're heading back to the A side, like Dada dead is really nasty with a, a simple rhythm, but this one has this sort of horror movie atmosphere to it. That I is, absolutely, Yay, yes. I said this has the most graveyard vibes out of yes. all the tracks. Mm-hmm. And, 
I like the sort of looseness of this project compared to Brighter Death Now. I mean, love Brighter Death Now, but I'm just saying I feel that one of the differences is there's just this sort of strange looseness to it. And it just feels like it's solitary recording in a basement sort of thing. I, mean, I don't know where. You know, it just has that feel, though, right? Like yeah. it's just sort of him layering himself and mm-hmm. just doing this, you know, doing it that way. But yes, I, I thought it was very cryptic sounding and the with this the those real distorted vocals. Oh yes, and like like it, it was vibes. recorded in a crypt. Yes. Yeah. I it, thought I I agree. Like I thought Fist of a Man was just like the absolute dark we're, headbanger. We're on we but are on Dada Dead. I know we're on Dada Dead, oh. but I just look, wanted to you say You know what? Tara's run look at you know what honestly I'm running all over I, the place. But you know what? I'm you the thing is, Gray, we gotta go with it because you heard what what <laughs> yeah. the mood she yeah. was in. There's nothing what we can I, do. What if I hurt everybody? She's she does want to hurt us. Actually, Gray. let me but- just say that it doesn't matter what order <laughs> this uh, tape was in because the CD is in a different order. Yes. So this the is CD true. issue and the songs are yeah. in a different order than on the cassette. So uh, we can jump this around all true. we want because the hey, CD reissued. Well, it. You know what? We can do that too because you know what. Why not? Tara's saying we can't. We just need to, <laughs> we just need to go with it. Well, the only reason I brought it up is because you said it was cryptic and I was going to agree because I thought that track especially even sounded like it was recorded in a damp cave. Like yes. it just sonically yes. uh, everything about it in terms of like darkness, dampness, like you could almost like feel the moisture on the walls um, of that cave that he's recording in. And even like thinking of him using a synth or an analog synth, like I would picture it like stuck in the rock of the cave, much like, you know, Batman's equipment. Uh, And that's how I was picturing him recording it. And that's also the track that I think it reminded me of um, Skinny Puppy's vocal style as well, like Ogre. Okay, I have a note on Fist of a Man, and I was just going to say, you didn't think it sounded like Proto My Life with the Thrill Kill Cult? Oh, well, there you go. Sure, oh, hey. Thrill Kill Cult. I, well, not, uh, you know what? Absolutely, because I, for me, Fist <laughs> of a Man was, I said it was the most direct rhythm, industrial noise, dance track, dancing on a concrete floor filled with yeah. fire, the rhythm into nowhere. It made me think of another Swedish project, The Leather Nun. The v- early, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very very much mm. gave me like some of that. And that's, I think, another obvious uh, maybe comparison you could draw to Little Roger is The Leather Nun, at least the sort of that first seven inch. Right. And and I mean, yeah, even, even the way this is ordered, like Grace said, the tape and the CD are in a different order, but these track, like... They are, they can sort of be listened to, I think, in any order. There's they because there is a monotony to them, and that's not a that that just is how they are. You know, they have very similar layouts. You know, the tracks, and I could see putting the CD on shuffle and enjoying it in the same way. Well, you know, my I, I don't remember if this was my introduction, probably to little roger but the thing i've probably listened to the most is that golden shower cd which is sort of a uh greatest hits <laughs> compilation that cold meat put out and that is tracks cold from everywhere and feels like a total complete vision and right. mm-hmm. those pieces are not meant to be next to each other normally but it, it really works because of the way the project sounds and uh on that on that compilation, also, there's the great uh, cover of the Samantha Fox, Touch Me, which yes. he turns into uh, absolute brutal misery. 
And you know, uh, you know, certainly one to continue doing covers. Uh, Brett Adams now, of course, did the cover of Bad. Yeah. So you know, he always mm-hmm. he always kind of had that mis- m- that mischievous line through uh, all of his projects. Mm-hmm. Well, Tara, you've been we've been referencing it. Why don't you talk about the track "Don't Want to Hurt You" or as you'd like it to be redubbed, "Do Want to Hurt You"? <laughs> Do want to hurt you? <laughs> oh, it. It was a balm to my venomous mood. I love that he says the word babe. I mean, you know, we have this saying babe. It's 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 hard. It's touchy. Like can a few people can do it. Well, William Bennett can do it. Nick Cave can do it. William Bennett can do it. And uh, <laughs> so can little Roger. And boy, do I love it. Just grinding, um, grumbling hits and a throb. Uh, like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, and this like this I think had the most pop sensibilities, mm-hmm. but with that sense of dread, that that TG sense of dread. Yeah, it yes. does have that groove to it, and uh, TG pop. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, it's it really is that. It has you know the the kind of tinny delay on the drum machine. We hear that on uh, "We Are Too Much" as well, where it's uh, you know yeah, some more it, more bass and tight delay on the drum machine. Well, that that it's this it's that like. Sp- Bringing drum machine that's spacious. It's so weird, right? It feels like it's yes. like being stretched out. It's it's like sonic machine guns and rumbling bombs. <laughs> My notes say sonic machine guns, rumbling bombs. This is apt. I feel the monotonous hopelessness from dealing with the DMV. I'm in a <laughs> terrible, terrible mood. <laughs> I'm not disappointed by this album. I really do love it. <laughs> <laughs> this, I, you know, I, this would have been. I would. I think if there was ever going to be a good video of our listening, this would have oh. been a really good one. Because, I mean, it was the, you. It was wild, guys and girls. I got so wild. irritated at one point with the um, <laughs> trying to book an appointment that I could feel my vision shaking. Like you know, if, if you guys have ever had a migraine. Um, and it makes your like vision quake. My eyes were quaking. I was I was so irritated. To have an it's appointment, horrible. you must have an appointment. <laughs> if you don't have an appointment, you need to have an Fill appointment. Fill out this questionnaire to schedule an appointment to see if you can schedule an appointment. You do not qualify for an appointment. When, Dude, when again, did you get your appointment for? Like seven months from now? Actually, we figured we, out a way to do something tomorrow. There's a there's a workaround. Yeah, Apparently, yeah. There's a workaround in Los Angeles. Uh, DMV has partners, and they outsource their paperwork to some of their DMV partners. It's we don't. Prob- who knows? It's probably going to cost is. a lot. But or I don't or know. it's like who knows what that means? We might get there, and you know, this it might. Who knows what that is? It might just be like maybe we'll start a DMV partner business <laughs> uh, just, just on the side. But it could just be an empty but, room with black walls and nothing in but you it. Know, but you know what? Well, hey, and that's appropriate. But you know what? Even talking about this as sort of, I mean, as absolutely real, you, what we <sighs> what you were dealing with and what we were dealing with and your real feelings. But in a way, that's very that's that's industrial, right? I was that's gonna say the industrial, the epitome of industrial. That's the industrial world that we live in. This these this lines and being ground down and banging your head against a bureaucratic wall endlessly until you just don't care anymore. I don't know anything more industrial. That's industrial culture. That's industrial. And that's, I think it is solely fitting to have these experiences on a day that we're focusing on this album. And I mean, do the modified method, right? I mean, 
That's yeah. like the world yes. we live in now. Oh my that, god! That that was actually probably my favorite track. It's on, so good on the album. I, I really think like this is how... sort of a foundation of Death Industrial here, definitely, and, and the definitely. work he would later go on to do because you have those bell tones. You've got maybe a movie sample, but the whole thing sounds like an alien landscape with some like slow tapes playing on it. It's the very slow, slow spoken vocals and the the groaning and stuff under it. This could be a Bread or Death Now track. Like it's it is. Yeah the sort of most death industrial thing on this where the rest of it has a little more musical sensibility in the normal sense a little bit yeah this one i think is the most it's it's the longest track it's i think it's almost 10 minutes yeah and it just has this very slow modifying a man in the basement in a dark room and just slowed down those distant sounds mm, yes. yeah this very much could be on uh, like Necros Evangelicum or some one of those some of those early BDN albums and Max I, Creep Factor. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think I think it's right down the line. Now, I have to assume that Brighter Death Now is your introduction to his world, or at least Cold Meat, or or was there something else before? No, it Brighter was. Death now? It was oh, to Cold Meat. Uh, I had a buddy that was really into uh, like in slaughter natives and raison d'etre and, and that kind of stuff. Love and stuff. so that was, that was sort of it, but brighter death now is when the, the and it was, it was interwar. It was relapse. I mean, mm-hmm. same. That, Absolutely. That's, that's that, how, that was the thing. Got me into it. And, and the absolute supper compilation for like hearing all those yes. bands, like that is an essential compilation. Everyone needs to own that compilation. I think like if you're into, oh, yeah. if you're into the dark stuff, the Swedish stuff, a, that, that would be a fun one to do. And what, but, and what's interesting about that comp in particular is it is the majority of it is released stuff. If yes, and, but, but somehow it still works as its own album. It's still mm-hmm. incredibly important and the order and the lineup and everything works perfectly. So it's like, the greatest label sampler. Right. Right. And some you of know, the stuff like, I don't think everything. Yeah. I don't think may all be dead had come out yet, but I wish I was a little girl by brighter death. Now right. I was on there and right. like hearing that, like, Oh, I want to hear this new record, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I love that. And, and what a, what an incredible comp. Yes. Obviously beyond mandatory for anybody. The, well, what about you Connolly? When did, uh, when did the cold meat stuff? It was, it was interwar. Inner war, yeah, inner war, one hundred percent inner war. Which and I mean, being that, relapse, but then you cold meat address was on the back, and I yeah. mm-hmm. like from the other stuff I'd already sort of known cold meat. Yeah, and then and then also, I mean, and also mortis. I mean, one hundred percent. Oh yeah, you know, because yeah, one hundred percent mortis uh, was very early for us. You know, it's just going from the line, just going from emperor. Yeah, yeah. Right. to Mortis and then sort of discovering that stuff. First time hearing Mortis was just like, oh, this is the way I always wanted everything to sound. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I love good. and I love those good. You know, and I love <laughs> that. And of course he's on Necros Evangelicum and I yeah. love I love yeah, the how they, on on Soul and Flame, right? Oof. Yeah. And, and so the, I love how they work together. The uh Absolute Supper has a great project by him in uh, in his alter ego that Sintasil Diavuli thing yeah, where it's like yeah, harpsichord. Yeah. <laughs> It's so Chant, great. Harpsichord ditties. 
another project we love, another Cold Meat project we love is Arcana, who is oh, yeah. the, oh, dead yes. can, the Dead Can Dance yes. of Cold Meat, sort of, right? Like, yeah. We like cold ritual music. Yeah, and especially stuff like yeah. the classical. Inspired uh, by the esoteric and yeah, classical yeah. ancient themes. So so that's what I think Cold Meat was so cool in it, and it combined a lot of that stuff you know, musical archaeology. Totally. <laughs> you know, one of the other things I really loved about cold meat was that it was all Swedish. It was all from coming from the same place. And that's a pretty sort of unique thing to do with a label is to like, I'm going, I'm here to promote this dark Swedish music so much so that he started a sub label to release things that weren't Swedish. Right. Like he didn't, he did. I don't think he really, broke that maybe people were from other places but they were living in sweden they were part of the swedish scene and i think that's a really cool concept as a way to like drive your label absolutely mm-hmm. no it's 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 really cool especially a label that was doing pro cds that at a point had big distribution like the yeah you could find this stuff in record shops very easily attainable in, in the like late 90s like there were cold meat cds in record shops so that's a that's a really good thing Oh, it's a great thing. And, you know, so a lot of people for a lot of people, that was a you know part of the big path to get to that opened up the whole world of noise and industrial and experimental. Cold Meat, I think, is a you know big through line for a lot of artists mm-hmm. to this day. And, you know, we've got it. We got a chance to see Bride of Death. Now I know you've you got to play with them a bunch of times. Uh, so, you know, really cool that we've gotten a chance to see some of the some of the bands, not not a ton. Honestly, I think they're really. Oh, and we saw Mortis. Oh, yeah. Then we yep. saw Mortis. Uh, I'm trying to think. But yeah, as far as the Colby bands, those are probably those are. I don't I, mean, I haven't mm-hmm. seen never saw in Slaughter Natives or a lot of that. So a lot, I mean, a lot of t- a lot of times those guys play mostly in, in Europe. Yeah. And it's like a festival yeah. thing, which some of those I regret not going to. But is what it is. You can't hey, go to every show. You can't. You got to forgive yourself. You can't go to any show, I think is what you meant to say. <laughs> the, the, I do want to hurt you. I do. I do. It's a temporary feeling. Yes, I do. <laughs> I, I really think she meant me, everybody. I, don't, I didn't I mean really you. I really you're the, but I was just here. You're it was just one con- of the last people conven- that I would ever want to hurt. It was just convenient. Yeah. Yes. I was like a, I was a, a surrogate for the DMV. <laughs> Look, if you this get, why- if you get too angry, you get too hot, just blow on the top. I love this track. Oh, I love so the, the noise on fire. And that just sort of bass feedback. Yeah. There's, there's a sort of yeah roaring distortion to it. The, the noise on fire is a, a great way to, to put it. And it's, there's a you talked about his cadence earlier, and that's one of those things that I think you really notice on this song is like, yes, the, mm-hmm. maybe the lyrics are repetitive or maybe he's changing them. But the cadence is very dead on through the whole thing. And it's again, you know how some vocals can be come off like like talking about like, you know, 70s punk, like snotty and angry and stuff. This is mm-hmm. like this is rye. It is like this right, right. sense of humor to it. This this just mischievous grin that I hear when I hear his vocals and it it makes it all the better. It adds another layer of sort of obfuscation to the moroseness of the topic. And I think that that's again, a line that's just carried through everything he's done. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
Is there any footage of of Lil Roger? Not that I have seen. Yeah, I feel like it would be in the box set, right? It, if should, it should be. Oh, should be yeah, in the box. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder what that looked like. You know, just I, I you know, wonder. It looks like a cave. Yeah, because that's what guy. I picture. I just picture, and even and, and he's even playing just the, his equipment and some rocks. Even just you know, undead. You know, obviously the title uh. of the box just has that. You know, just it it just going with that cryptic, you know, cave feel and and those graveyard vibes. He's really owning it. That undead. Yeah. Yeah. And, what a wonderful dark way to say it. Yeah. You're not alive. You're just undead. Yeah. Undead also being the first release for the project. <laughs> uh, the first right. seven right. inch on Cold Meat yep. Industry. So launching the right. label. And doing, you know, doing the undead seven inch, uh, really great, great seven inch and has that, you know, uh, kind of a, looks like uh self abuse seven inch actually with the, uh, red on black. Right. Absolutely. Right. The, but I mean, this, the box set as a whole, like we said, I mean, we've said it a couple of times, but it really is great. And, and it, and it collects it's, it, you know, it's got it all comp tracks, uh, of which they burn was one that's that's included on the for life CD and it's actually mentioned in the tape uh, liner notes the original tape saying that it's a it's on a compilation so you know cool you know kind of collecting all the you know this era is right here on this disc you know it's it's you know a cool way to do that I love the I love the for life track right and I love the way that mm-hmm. it I, every time I hear it, I, I hear, and maybe it's what he's saying, but for life, I am. Right. And. Right. Yep. Yeah, he is. I mean, he's just been doing this for, you know, how long now? <laughs> Since the 80s, continuing. And, you know, new brighter death now is as good as old brighter death now is as good as little Roger. Like, he's stayed true to the vision and, and the sounds. And, yeah, I, I love this one, too. This one's got that also very propulsive, like four on the floor, just straight up rhythm to it. Yeah, the last three tracks kind of have, well, especially Fist of a Man and For Life really, yeah, I guess not Free at Last, but the Fist of a Man and For Life have the most sort of direct rhythmic element that, that and, and it's sort of, they're sort of the tempos more up on right. those. This one, I just kept reading the poem on the inside of the cassette. And that is the blood is my life. The heart is my soul. I am not God. I am not good. This is my blood. This is my soul. This is for you. This is for me. Yeah, the, that is. Blood is my life. That is fantastic. And yeah, that's the the, uh, the inner words on the original cassette on conductor records. I don't know if we mentioned that. I'm I did. sure we did early on, but. <laughs> I'm going to mention it again. Let's say it again. It's been, it's you know, been, you know repeat. no harm in repeating it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not charged by the word. It's true. This last for life is just that optimal, just like desensitized, numb, bleak. I just like my notes just say this is buzzing and open jaws. Like I don't know what that means. Again, maybe it's just the darkness of my mood overcoming it, but uh, that's how I'm thinking about life right now. <laughs> Look, I think it's the is- abattoir of life. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I think this is I think what it, I think it ended up being really fitting that you had to go through the stuff you had to go through. And then it's this was the industrial. album that we went into. And I think <laughs> that it. Hey, look. Anyone out there, any listener right now, 
had a bad day, had a really annoying day of dealing yes. with the just the horribleness of the normal world, put this on mm-hmm. and just go with it and just let it let it let it match your mood, but then also, you know, let it kind of ha- make it, it'll help bring you out of that mood too. I mean, yeah, I can it just reminds see it. you that there's more than just that. I it can, just, it see can pull it you out of it. In Tara's sure. face right now, it, the difference <laughs> of when we were listening to right now, and Lou, you can hear it in her voice. Listen to it. Listen to that. Ah, uh, you know, he can't can't stay angry forever. Um, when you're listening to Little Li- Roger for no, life. It's like when you have the catharsis of something like that. Hey, but you know what? That's why we need releases like this and people who, you know, you can relate to on some level if you're just day in and day out encountering the mundane and you feel like you're just banging your head against a wall until you're full of rage. Then at least you get to know that there's other people out there who see what you're going through and maybe they can help you move past it and move on to your independent existence uh, and not just be bogged down in the dreary banality of bureaucracy. Screw the mundane. Listen to noise. You've been listening to Noise Extra. Noise Extra is brought to you by Chondritic Sound, a home to noise artists for over 17 years, by Verdant Weapons, maker of quality contact microphones and noise devices, and by our Patreon supporters. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash noise extra, and your support really helps. You can find us on Instagram at noise extra, on the web at noiseextra.com, one E in those, and on Twitter at noise extra, with three A's at the end. Thank you for listening to us and to noise.